Before we start, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're recording on. For me, that's the Wangaburra clan. And for me, it's the Wurundjeri peoples. Ooh, my tummy made a little sound right before I was about to speak. <laughs> what did it say? It said, hello everybody and welcome back to Two Girls One Pod with Angie and Evie before I even got to say it. It's so clever. We're such a clever little dummy. It's the best. Isn't it? It's the best of the worst. Wow. I love your gut. <laughs> you do. But seriously, welcome back. Welcome, welcome, yeah. welcome. I want to, I mean, look, I want to start off by saying it's. it's been a bit of a week, you know. For you? Well, I think, yeah, for me, for, for I, probably for everybody. Tell me. Uh, as you Talk to me. As you know, I uh, have been having my treatments for my interstitial cystitis, which is painful bladder syndrome, which means I'm back on the old, you know, managing diets, taking out foods, adding in supplements, having treatments. That alone for somebody that used to struggle with an eating disorder can be quite, you know, alarming and triggering, having to be like, you can't eat this, you can't do that. So I have been quite strict because I... I'm on my very last nerve before I potentially lose all of my shit. Um, So I've been strict. Mm. But then I'm also like, I'm human Mm. and I'm only 32. Mm -hmm. And I I do want to sometimes have a cheeky Mexican feast Mm -hmm. or a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And I tried it. I I tried adding alcohol back into my diet last week. Mm -hmm. And it's just not been a good time. No, what happened? Just the normal symptoms I used to get with alcohol, as you know, the come downs, the moods, the anxiety. And then on yeah, top of anxieties. that, the anxiety. But then on top of that. It's a real thing, isn't it? Oh, it is so debilitating. On top of the anxiety I already have with all the pain that I'm under, with all these chronic illnesses, the alcohol then just is like, it's like a party in my bladder, but not in a good way. So, yeah, it's like adding fuel to a fire. Well, that's it, right? So it's like having a wound and then just open wound and just scratching it with, like, oh. that's what alcohol is to my bladder. But I thought because I had four weeks of this syringe treatment where my surgeon injects the stuff into a catheter into my pee hole, I was like, okay, the, the redness and blood has calmed down, surely. But he's just like... yeah. He's like, what with with painful bladder syndrome, you're supposed to add. So I was like, I'll start adding now. You know, you can add citrus or oh, you could okay. add, try potato or then you can try a little bit of coffee and see how you go. Right. It's all trial and error. Mm. Well, look, I know for a fact red wine is definitely not on the agenda for this bladder. Mm. But you and I were already talking about alcohol prior to that because you have cut it out a lot for your own health and yep. Uh, physical and mental. I've had to. Yeah, I've had to. And you know what? I've come to realise that I may have been, may be allergic to alcohol and have been all my adult life because I suffer from really bad hangovers, as you know, mm. really nauseous, like vomity hangovers. And I also, every night, every time I binge drank, I would vomit at the end of the night, mm. if not earlier. So that I think is my body being quite intolerant to the, uh, any kind of alcohol. So after a good 
three decades <laughs> of just <laughs> trying and pushing and pushing. Um, I've finally given in and gone, you know what, it, just, it makes me feel like shit and it's not worth the next day just to have a little buzz. And then, you know, I got the mold, I got all this mold kind of shit happened to me and I have an autoimmune um, disorders and stuff like that. It got to the point where um, my liver was being affected by those things and I started drinking anything. It could be any alcohol and it would taste like vinegar. And I found out it was like a liver enzyme thing. So it was making my the taste of alcohol change because my liver wasn't dealing with it quite properly. But I also, um, I keep trying. Like I'm out at a pub, you know, just the normal pubs that we that I go to every week and meet my friends and just try to have a glass of wine. I don't even get her through it. It either tastes like shit or it just makes me feel like shit straight away. Um, or I have a great night and I have like two or three drinks and I'm like, oh, I did it. I did it. Yeah. This is exciting. And then the next day I feel like this overwhelming wave of sadness comes over me where it's like pure depression. And I know it's from the night before. It, it, it's so It's so hard because this country – celebrates and encourages binge drinking and social drinking so much so that it is quite common to hear someone say, oh, God, never trust someone that doesn't drink. Yeah. You know, or Jesus, I, she's a bit, you know, she doesn't drink. Well, that's so, what makes it. Know, that's a bit odd, isn't it? It makes it hard, doesn't it? Because it's like you want to me when I was writing out thinking of drinking again and writing out notes, I was like, you know, I just want to do normal human things. And then I thought, why is it normal human things to drink alcohol? Yeah. But that's all I've ever known, right? Yeah. Yep. And I looked into it a little bit more with listening to all these podcasts for interstitial cystitis or just any of the mental health or physical health things that are going on. And I used to think, I drank so much off and on during certain parts of my life, not because I had a problem, but because I was in so much pain with all these chronic conditions yeah. that for that three hours, I didn't feel anything. I feel yeah, confident. I feel beautiful. I don't think about the way I look or the pain in my body. Yeah. And then I yeah. was like, that's why I drank so much. And then it got to the yeah. point where you would drink so much that then the next day you suffer, but in that moment you don't feel any of that pain, and that is the best f-ing feeling when you have chronic illnesses in the world. Yes, but then it's just the spiral effect the next day, which, but you don't think about that in the moment, right? You just don't think about it. No, well you don't because it feels so numb. It it just like I feel not only no pain, but I'm also feeling a high. Yeah. Um. Remember when we were. Um, doing Gogglebox and I had my slip discs yeah. and I couldn't sit for very long in the same position or I couldn't do anything comfortably for so long but I would knock back vodka because it would it was because nerve pain is the hardest to kill and vodka would would work yeah apart from you know um, morphine there was no endone working or anything like so I would literally do what they used to do in the olden days. They'd give you a hard liquor mm. to stop the pain and, you know, take the bullet out. Yeah. <laughs> but the next day 
It's just not worth it. It was, you know, it wasn't worth it. Like you think you drink um, a a clean alcohol. Clean, there is no such thing as clean alcohol. You know, alcohol is an an altering substance. It alters you. Um, take away how it makes you feel in that Dutch courage kind of way. Just go over to a physical side that if you have any kind of pain, alcohol can numb it. Yeah. And there are so many reasons that we use alcohol that we don't know about. Um, But the social reasons that we use alcohol – uh, at the end of the day, why it ends up being so hard to give up. It is because you do like all my friends like, oh, we're going for lunch or we're going for dinner. And then I'm like, well, there's going to be alcohol there. And to be honest, I have really bad social anxiety at the moment because of all, yeah. all of all the pain and everything I'm thinking about with trying yep. to stay on top of all of this so I don't have to have surgery again. I'm constantly going to different appointments. You know, girl, like every week I've got like three or four and it's, it's a lot. It's like a full-time job in itself. So then I'm like on the weekends Mm. I want to relax I want to calm down but the thought of being around all those energies that I have no idea about what I'm going through because I don't know how to explain it to them and they don't know how to relate I I would have to drink because I'm so anxious yeah just to stay calm and present but I don't want to drink so I'm like what what do I do you're stuck what do I I just hang out at Jessica by myself all the friggin' time and that's depressing mm. eventually. I say you find some Muslims to hang out with. Yes, that don't drink. I was thinking can... of Nazim Hussain. Yeah. You know, he's he doesn't drink and he um is a comedian and he hangs out with people and he has fun and I'm like, well, he doesn't have chronic bladder issues though. <laughs> And you don't even need to have all of those things to be going out for a lunch or a dinner with your friends and feel the strong urge to order a glass of wine. Which there's Um, nothing wrong with doing, by the way. But it's just if you physically can't because your body is turning on you, it's kind of yeah, like it's not good for you. I've wanted to dabble, and I will be able to eventually, just not right now. And it's trial and error with certain alcohols too. So I'm trying to yeah. introduce it, but my body is being like, "Yeah, no thanks. We're not. We're not for you. Yeah. Not for you right now." Well, yeah, like, you get and you get to a point also when you're having a drink with friends where they start to get drunk, and you can't have a conversation on the same level anymore. Yeah. So you need to have either been drinking with them or you have to leave. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. It's really frustrating because I've got about a two-hour window with my friends before I realise that they're just – the volume's gone up, they're talking over each other, um, it, it starts to get messy talk and I have to leave because I just – it makes me really anxious. Um, I'm like, I don't know – I, I'm not. I'm, I'm just not on the same level of in this conversation anymore. So it's it's that's me out, and um, which is fine because you know I I go to bed early a lot of the time, but it's extremely lonely because yeah. I I feel like I'm on the out yeah. of friends, and they're frustrated with me as well. well like they're really it. annoyed. People do because get I'm not that drinker anymore. That used to be able to um, what's the word like last with them. Mm. And that's, you know, an awful feeling as well. But doing it for your health, you feel so alone. You're the only one who seems to care mm. that, you know, you're you're the one taking care of your health and everyone else just going, just have a glass. 
Yeah. You know, and it's like, why aren't you encouraging or supporting me, supporting my body? I know. You know, saying, don't, don't do it, Ange. People like, come on, you know, it. It, it's not going to make you feel very good. So the, instead they go, go on, Ange, go on. Yeah. If they can't relate, they, they don't, they can't. Well, yeah, if it's not happening to them, they can't relate, so therefore they don't hold space it for it. It can't hurt you, really. One glass can't hurt you, can it? Yeah. And then you're, but where, are you, where are you when I'm like exactly. laying on the floor in the fetal position crying, having a nervous breakdown or not being like peeing so much that I've got blood in my urine? And where are you when old mate surgeon's sticking a syringe up my nunca and I'm having a panic attack? Like, yeah. you're not there. Yeah. You only want good time, Ange. The one that, you know, gets drunk and... Yeah, might be time for some new friends. Look, you know, I'm just a huge fan of men, straight white men. <laughs> oh, God, and we laughed and we laughed. <laughs> you didn't even get to finish the sentence, and I'm like, good one. I couldn't even finish it. I couldn't, I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. Oh, that's so good. You know, a lot of people think that um, we're man-haters and Nothing could be further from the truth. No. Um, what we hate is the patriarch and yes. the people that benefit from it um, and willfully benefit from it and, you know, um, misogyny is what we hate. Yeah. What we love, Fully. what I love and what I know you love Aww. is this week I saw this photograph of a man, a black man, covered in tattoos, bald head, like, you know, like, He's a man. Yeah. And he was holding his baby girl for her birthday. So they're in front of a cake and she's got a tutu on and he has a tutu on too. And he said, she asked me to wear it and I said to her, say less. (laughs) That was the caption. Oh, say less. Baby girl, you say less. Just look at it and I'll put it on. Anything you want. Yep. And it's he's got a big white tutu. She's got a little white tutu on. Oh my god! Be still, my beating heart. It got me looking up men who dress up because their daughters have asked them to. There's photos of men in Elsa outfits. There's photos of men with makeup on. There's photos, and these are not you know. You think oh they're they're the gay fathers you know mm. which is what a lot of idiots would think. Um, they're not. They could be, but um, these are men who are so incredibly comfortable in their own skin and think there is absolutely nothing wrong with looking like a woman. Yeah. Um, nothing to be ashamed of and they are actually proud to look like their their daughter. Yeah. And it warms my heart because these are the men that would be raising also their sons the same way. These are the men who would be talking to their daughters with total respect and letting their daughters see them talk to women with complete respect and their sons. And these are the kind of men who'd be showing emotions and, you know, probably not frightened to cry in front of their families. And that that's all we've ever wanted. People think we hate men. We don't. We love men, men like that, like men are no different to women in an, in an emotional sense and anyone that says that they are is so full of shit so full of shit I can't believe the difference between my brother and I in emotions and strength and not strength I'm sorry that's a bad term to use but in 
coping mechanisms because just of of our personalities you know how you look at some relationships straight relationships where um the woman isn't the emotional one and the man is and it's okay the ones that you see who are trying so incredibly hard to not show their emotions all they ever show is anger because that's accepted is it's just it's so sad to see that because then you see them beating it into their sons. Mm. I watched it happen in my household. I watched well, I didn't watch it, but I imagine that's what happened to my father from his father. Oh yeah. Definitely. It, it's there's just no there shouldn't be any shame with being feminine. No way, Jose. Where are those dresses? There was a really great article about the patriarch and gay men as well who benefit, you know, they're gay and proud of it until they need to be a straight man in a workplace or in a situation where they still benefit from being a man, like earning more, um, you know, being able to speak blokey if they Mm. need to, that kind of thing, and how they were brought up to be ridiculed for being in any way feminine so they can t- they could turn it on, you know. Uh, it was a, such an interesting article about how they didn't even realise themselves what they were doing and all they knew, but they'd never ever vocalised it or really, you know, um, unpacked it, that while they were being brought up, the worst possible thing to be or to rep- represent was a woman, mm. to be a girl. In any way, don't be a girl. Stop being a girl. Why are you such a girl? You run like a girl. You clap like a girl. Could you sound like a girl? Mm. Imagine that being an insult. It is an insult. Not imagine it. That's an insult. But then they love them so much too. Like all they do is talk about smashing girls. So I'm like, what the f***? Like, what's your problem? Yeah. You you say it's an insult, but then you want to stick your bits in it all the time. Like, grow up. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like more men need to wear dresses. More straight, heterosexual, cisgender dudes. Slide into my DMs if you love wearing dresses. Yeah, or skirts. Tutus. Um, crop tops. If anyone needs to wear a skirt, it's a human with a dick and balls. Yeah. You know how comfortable it would be if men started putting their pork swords in a nice little dress moment? They would seriously probably walk around and feel so much more free. They'd probably be less cross. They do. They would just be loving themselves sick, walking around with their dick and balls flowing in the wind. Feeling that breeze. Probably be less angry, less bossy, less more open for equality because they're like, yes, I get to just not have my dick so tight in pants. It gets to be in a dress, in a tutu. My friend Gavin Coulter. That sounds made up. And I know this is a man who is married with children. This is my brother's best friend actually, which is highly ironic because my brother is just so not this kind of man. He wears a sarong. On the bottom half, like Love it. men wear board shorts. Yeah. So he'll wear everything that the the normal surfy guy is wearing, but he'll have a sarong on because that's what he feels comfortable in. That's so good. And <laughs> every Islander man wears the sarong. a sarong. I love it. The same way. Yeah. You've got um, kilts in Scotland. You've got. Let's find out if they're happier though. Like are they happier types of men? 
because they get to wear those mm, things. We I should do their a, balls are. Yeah, their balls definitely are. That's for damn sure. We should do a survey. Their balls would be hanging low <laughs> and they would probably wobble to and fro. You could probably tie them in a knot. You could tie them in a bow. Yeah. I mean, God, you could sling them over your shoulder. Like, What's the word? A regimented soldier. <laughs> do your balls hang low? So we're obviously having a little bit of a come down because all of our favourite shows are no longer on the television screens. We've got Maths finished. We've got Survivor finished. We've got Dancing with the Stars finished. I know my mother was loving that sick. Congratulations to Grant Daniel on that win because, you know, I was on that season. It's done. Thank God. I'm sick of seeing about it. Just kidding. So now we're having, like, show withdrawal rules. I mean, like, oh, I low-key... Am stoked. Maths is done. It was taking up my entire life, and I was getting severe anxiety. Like I, it was too it much. Really was. It was too much. Yeah. Good riddance. It's too much. As Brent said, good luck. Good riddance. Good riddance. See you later. We're happy about that. And I've I hope... seen the real you. Goodbye. And good riddance. <laughs> and I hope they all got their blue ticks they worked overtime for. Oh. But now, what is there to watch? Yeah, it's it's a real thing when you you. It's that grieving. Oh, the next day, the next oh. night, you're like. Oh God! I don't have that. Remember when you used to have um, Big Brother? That sound. You'd go seven o'clock. Big Brother, and you'd go running from the kitchen. Big Brother's on. Like it's you know it's it's been around for such a long time. So maths kind of filled that and all that kind of stuff. But I find you know free to air. Whatever. Whatever. Um, even though I have free to air show coming in the in the end of the year. Just I love free to air. Free to air's the best. It's the bomb. I've gone and started and finished watching, uh, which I can highly recommend to anyone listening. It's called This Is Going to Hurt and it's uh, based on a book or a series of books um, and written actually by the guy who wrote the books. Uh, He's a doctor um, in the NHS in London and it's such a brilliant show. It's so well acted and written and all of the stuff um, that I highly recommend it unless you don't like blood or needles because yeah. uh, it's set in an obstetrics ward of the NHS of a hospital. So, but I won't say any more. It Just go will it. blow your mind if you love it. But um, if you're into female things and the doctors behind those things, Go watch. I just don't feel like I could take that on right now. No, well, that's the thing is that it's such a shame that there is that element to it because, like, I know my I I have a really good friend who, like, is a true crime podcast listener and she loves all that kind of stuff, but she can't do needles or blood, so she can't watch this show. Mm, I love needles and blood, but while I'm getting it, I'm like, I don't need more of it. I just feel like it would just be wall to wall. Yeah, that's not entertainment. No. It just would give me medical PTSD, which I think I've already got, to be honest. Put that on my list with my yeah. new therapist. <laughs> yeah. But obviously my whole life, I don't have anything to recommend that's exciting. I'm literally watching repeats of The Only Way is Essex and Summer House because I need brain-numbing stuff right. at the moment. Yeah. But my recommendations for people who may think that they are suffering with painful bladder syndrome or interstitial cystitis, which is kind of the same thing, they fall under the same category. Um, I recommend a podcast I'm listening to now. 
It's called I See You, as in just the letter I and the letter C, not S-E-E, um, by a dietitian that specializes in interstitial cystitis called Callie. I don't know how to say her last name, but we'll put it in the show notes. Her podcast has been a game changer for me, learning about it, starting this journey. So I highly recommend you go listen to that podcast after you listen to Two Girls, One, one pod. pod. If you'd like to leave a review, please do. If you want to get in touch with us, two girls at Nova Podcast. No. Two girls <laughs> at novaentertainment.com.au. Well done. That's us. You did it. I know, I know, I know what I'm doing. She's just clever. Sometimes. She's not just a pretty face. Um, not just beautiful. <gasps> oh, well, thanks for listening. And you know what? Thanks. Have the you day. Have the- Day you oh, deserve. We don't. We need to do it at the same time. All right, doing it. Ready? One, one two, two, three. Have, have the day. Oh. The day. Okay. One, two, two three. Have the. <laughs> d- oh, we got to say it with the same tone. <laughs> now maybe it's better if we say it in our own way. You count. One, two, three. Have the day. You have the day you, you deserve. deserve. <laughs>